Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons, I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. And remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Welcome to the podcast. Um, I want to talk to you all today about the importance of togetherness. And it's, it's an important topic to me right now because I'm just getting back from spending um, about a m- month, a little bit over, traveling. I started off traveling uh, on a, this really surprise trip to Scandinavia that my aunt and uncle were supposed to take. It was a bicycling trip, and my uncle hurt his back and couldn't go, and they were going to lose the trip. And, and then it, my aunt offered it to me, and spur of the moment, I was like, yeah, I'll go, of course. <laughs> And I went because I, I, it seemed like a nice trip and I wanted to go to Sweden and Denmark, which is the countries that uh, we were bicycling through. Um, but I, I didn't really realize how much um, I, I needed to go and be part of a, a group that was being led. Um, I, I lead groups for a living. I, I lead coaching groups. I lead yoga retreats. I lead yoga classes. And I love being a leader. And I, I need to be led sometimes, too. And I forget that. So I show up on this bicycling tour and there are 23 of us that are moving throughout uh, one week together where we are waking up at the same time, eating breakfast at the same time, bicycling every day, meeting up at the same points, uh, having dinner together and then doing the whole thing in in another bicycling route or another country the next day. I thought that maybe I would get stressed out being in a group because I like to think of myself as being independent, slightly introverted, really needing to be alone to recharge. But what I felt was that there was just something that was so deeply relaxing about being part of a, a cohesive group of nice people that were all doing something enjoyable together. And, and I found in myself that I, I could really let my guard down and I, um, all the, the responsibility that I normally feel that all the to-do lists, the getting things done that, um, that, that felt like it went away. Of course I was on vacation too. So that's part of it. But, um, but I think it was something deeper than that. And it made me reflect on it more when I, I went away to Peru on this next leg of the trip. I, I went uh, first to lead a retreat. I, I brought uh, 13 people from the States, uh, all of whom had never been to Peru. I think most of them had never been to Latin America before, to do a 10-day-long retreat together in the Sacred Valley and to see Machu Picchu and do yoga together. It was, um, from the outside appearances, this trip was a really special opportunity Um to go see these like amazing sites and, and have a, I, I called it mystical Machu Picchu. So to have like a more mystical opportunity to really get to understand the deeper meaning behind uh, this land and, and the way that the Incas viewed the land. So I was expecting everyone to have a good time, but what surprised everybody on the retreat was that we got together. 
we spent same thing as when I went on my retreat. We spent all of our time together. We ate all of our meals together. And when we went around the closing circle at the end of the retreat, the thing overwhelmingly that everybody said that they enjoyed the most was the group was, uh, was this feeling of being together and being cohesive and being taken care of. And, um, and it was interesting, especially because of these people on the retreat, there are 15 of us in total. And there were 12 of us that were single. I think most of us lived alone. And most of us said in the beginning that we decided to live alone and that we were living these more intentionally single, independent lives. And, and then at the end of it all, we all kind of had this layer peel back of like, wow, we're actually really hungry for connection. It's, it's something that most people in the world, I think, can't really escape from is this uh, need or necessity to be in relationship with other people uh, due to economic reasons or cultural reasons. People don't leave their families and, until they start their own families. So I would say most people in the world never have the opportunity to live alone. And, um, and there are some drawbacks to this. When I lived in Peru, I lived as part of a very close-knit family of people. I was uh, included in this and ate with them every day and considered part of the family. And I also lived in a town filled with families like this. Many of the families were related to each other as well as a small town. And, and I saw within this that there was just very little opportunity for mobility, so much cultural conditioning and so, um, so few resources to move out of that paradigm that people felt stuck often. Um, and I saw the positive to this was that there was just so much natural relaxation that could happen around knowing that you were supported and that you were part of something and that you belonged somewhere. The social researcher, Brene Brown, she, she, in her research on what makes people feel happy and wholehearted, found that the word belonging is almost always associated with the word love. So when people bring up the word belonging, it's usually when love is in the same sentence. And what she started to understand is that we do equate love and belonging together. Um, the, to, it, to us, on some level, they're inseparable. And, um, and this makes sense if we look back at, at our origins of uh, ourselves as, as homo sapiens, you know, that we've had to be part of tribes too that have shared the responsibility of hunting and gathering and defending the, 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 the pack and all of this was necessary for survival. So to be banished from your tribe meant death. So there's, there's that kind of built into it. And then um, even more than that, if we go back deeper to like us as animals, we look at most animals that they live in packs and they, they, there is a bit of a group think that even happens um, in animal uh, packs of the way that the birds just know to migrate together and the way that the dogs can just establish who's alpha and who's submissive without even words, you know, just through energy and body language. So it's, it's in us to want to be in relationship. And, uh, and you can even talking to like the single women that I know, it's like, even if we do intentionally decide to be single, like, I don't think there are that many people who aren't thinking about attraction to others or relationship in some way that we're, we're in friendships, we're, we're thinking about that person that, that might come into our lives next. We're, um, we can't get away from it is what I'm trying to say. And, and this, it relates to an idea 
and Ayurveda, which I really want to highlight here. Um, and it's, I've brought it up before, um, but it might be the first time hearing it for some of you. So it's, it's what it's called is Ojas. It's O-J-A-S, Ojas. And, um, and I'm going to give a little Ayurvedic explanation. So if this doesn't make any sense, don't worry about it. I'll explain a little bit more in layperson's terms. But for those of you who do know Ayurveda, what Ojas is, is it's the subtle energy of Kapha. And the, the dosha of Kapha is it's the earth energy. So it's water and earth, that, that heavier structured energy that gives us stability, that gives us lubrication, that gives us um, endurance in this world. And when we refine any of the doshas, we get the subtle doshas. So it's like the, the positive quality just upped. And the ojas is that. It's, um, it's considered to be like the buttery, warm, oozy goo that holds everything together. It um, it's also can be defined in the body as the immune system. So it's, um, it's resiliency for the body to recover. And, um, and, and emotionally, like I really think of strong ojas as like emotional resiliency as well. So there's, there's two ways to go through life, I think, that we can go through it trying to create a safe life where as few problems as possible come to us which um, can work, but I think it gives us, leaves us very cut off from the life process in general. And, um, and it leaves us also exhausted because we're, we're exhausting our resources, um, trying to stop what's the natural flow of life, which is conflict and resolution, more conflict, more resolution um, in the space that holds it all. And so what, what Ojas asks us to do is, is to do the other way when we have strong ojas is that we, instead of trying to create a life that doesn't have problems, what we do is we work on building the container in a stronger way. And another way that ojas is translated is the ground of being. So it's, it is really this, like, oh, this ability we have to be aware of our own awareness, which many gurus teach is like the deepest state of meditation of just really realizing that we can hold so many different realities. We can hold the hardness of life. We can hold the beauty of life. We can hold our love. We can hold our hate. And all of it is, none of it's really us. It's, uh, I think the metaphor of the, of the sky and the clouds moving across the sky, that instead of us identifying as the, the clouds of emotion and stressing out over that or beating ourselves up over that, we instead get to relax into this open field of being that is the sky that that we have the ojas to just let whatever needs to happen happen and not fight so hard, but rather feel the resiliency to hold to our center. So that would be the, the second way of being, which I'm going to argue is, um, is an easier way to go through life in the long run, even if it means shifting our habitual patterns to a different state, which can sometimes feel hard in the beginning. We, instead of fighting life, we let life happen and we just take that step to our center and hold our ojas strong. Ojas um, is also, it's really associated with the heart, um, meaning that it's, it's love. <laughs> and, um, and it's, it's associated in relationships that I, I feel like we cultivate good ojas when we, um, when we spend time in relationship with people. Um, and when we spend time as part of conscious groups that can work and problem solve and, and go through life together, which most people have built in through their families, um, in which in our culture, we, we don't necessarily live near our families or we don't prioritize time with our families. And so I think a lot of us are lacking good ojas. 
it's, um, it's said that people with good ojas um, never have to worry about their health because their health just takes care of itself. And we can see those people. We notice ojas when we see someone with like shiny eyes and good skin and there's just a brightness to them. And there's, there's that quality of like bouncy resiliency that they can get through things that there's, it's not like a, a wimpy way <laughs> of being in the world. We're not bouncing over the problems, but rather we're just, we're rebounding and we're holding. So it's, it's, it's subtle and that's the subtle energies again they're they're powerful but they're subtle and and the thing about subtle energies is that our mind can quickly override them and tell us that that what we need to do is um to work harder to keep ourselves safe to be right like all these things that actually i think really kill ojas i think um Another really brilliant part of Brene Brown, the social researcher, her work that she has done is really realize how important vulnerability is in order for us to be happy as human beings. And what vulnerability is, is being able to like admit we're not right and admit that we don't know and admit that we're having a really hard time and to do it in the company of people that, that she says have earned the right to do it. So the people that we trust, the people that we feel safe with, and that what, what happens and what opens up in those moments is this feeling of being held and being together and being, um, not being alone in the world. Um, so I, I hope, I hope listening to this has just sparked some ideas for you. I, I know for myself, um, it's making me think a lot about how do I bring more conscious relationship into my life? How do I, um, how do I, you know, take even more leadership around creating the groups of people that I really want to share with and I really want to be vulnerable around and I really want to learn with. To me, one of the most powerful ways to learn is through conscious conversation. And I realize that when I'm on my own and thinking about things, that's great. But when I am talking to somebody else and we're bouncing ideas off of each other and both of us approaching the conversation with this attitude of like, I don't quite know, but I, I know there's something and we can feel it. And then all of a sudden the idea comes forth. Uh, it's so beautiful, so satisfying, so oh, just building and, and so ultimately healing through that. So if, um, if you are interested in, in being part of a conscious group, that is, that is what I do. I do retreats and I do these group coaching um, seminars, which are so powerful. And I, I, I realize that the, the thing that most of us are missing in making change is receiving the support that we need um, through, through OJUS building a safe container of space um, with other people, which is what I specialize in building. So if you are interested in knowing more, you can write me at selfcarewithgracie.com or visit my website, uh, selfcarewithgracie.com. Um, oh, and my email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. And, um, and then just, again, look at your own life. Look at who you could be vulnerable with today. Look at your, your need to know and, and how that might actually be keeping you away from the things that you're really craving. And, um, and see what you can do, because it's, it's, we probably can't fix our whole culture tomorrow, but what we can do is we can create more of a feeling of resiliency and togetherness in our own experience. And if enough of us do that, enough of us take leadership, maybe even start groups that we feel passionate about, um, that's how we start to make change. And, um, and I hope so. So just as good stuff, togetherness is beautiful. And, and I hope that you have some experience today where you feel very held and, um, and very healthy in that. So thanks for listening. Um, please let me know any feedback you might have and ideas for future shows. And I'll look forward to connecting with you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.